You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network for another random episode, holiday theme episode that we are watching and you're listening to. That's how it goes. Uh, whatever we're calling this, we're here to recap a random episode of television or special, because that's what we've been doing lately, specials, of any sort of holiday-themed, uh, you know, media. And we are here to cover The Office, Season 2, Episode 10, insert title here, I don't remember it off the top of my head. Christmas Something Party. Holiday part. Christmas Party. Thank you, Colin. Um, th- uh, you'll get pay- your paycheck in the mail for that edit, post-edit <laughs> um, work. Um, my bonus. Yes, your Christmas bonus, if you will. Um, anyway, let's just jump right into it. My name is Rossi, and happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry, your party sucked. <laughs> that was my quote. <laughs> um, and my name is Colin, and I got myself for Secret Santa. I was supposed to tell somebody, but I didn't. Ugh, Colin, you bad boy. <laughs> so, um, I kind of just... Uh, quick general commentary what did you think because i know that we've talked about covering the office at one point as a random episode but we finally got to it what were your general thoughts of the episode before i dive into anything specific well the the office is one of these shows that i've seen a lot of i mean i'm not one of these people who watches every episode i doubt i could say i've even watched an entire season through but i can remember like when the show first came out seeing it um I was actually familiar with the British series before I watched the American one, and I was a huge fan of the, the Ricky Gervais original British one. And when this came out, I, I liked it. And I, I'm not, I'm going to compare the British one to this a lot throughout it, uh, but I felt like especially in these first two seasons here, they were kind of imitating things that only worked in the British series that wouldn't necessarily work on an American series or work in, uh, I guess, a remake. Um, but having never seen this episode, like I expected these first two seasons, similar to, like the early Parks and Rec seasons, to be like, oh, this isn't the best stuff of the show. But like this one was more entertaining than most of the early Office episodes I've seen. Um, you know, having said that, I think there definitely are better ones that come later on. And again, this is coming from somebody who isn't so familiar with the show that I could quote every episode ever. But I do know that the later seasons were better. But this one for an early season was pretty decent. Yeah, there's definitely a tone shift at some point in the seasons. If you, I've watched the whole show, um, and like, there's a some point in the show where it starts shifting away from kind of this very, I don't even know what to how to describe the humor really, like offensive. I don't know. Mean spirited. Yeah, like harsh humor. Mm-hmm. You would, I would say, like it does shift later on toward like a little bit more lighthearted and kind of something where more emotional, like it's a little bit more, you know, sympathetic and sweet. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely like a shift. And I've only seen one episode of the UK version, and that was the first episode. And then I was like, oh, okay, I didn't really love it. So <laughs> I <different>. stopped. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I didn't really care for that. And then I watched the US version. Cause I, I mean, everyone who's familiar with the, the Office franchise, I'll say, has been told that the UK one was kind of first and then the U.S. kind of readapted it and changed it to 
be a little different and that, you know, you have to watch the UK version. It's all this greatness. And then I saw it and I was like, I didn't really care for the first episode. So I just forget, forgot the whole thing and just started the US one and kind of went through the whole thing and kind of found that that was really enjoyable. Maybe the first episode is really a big thing, but uh, I don't know. I found enjoyment out of it. I think that I would still say that I like Parks and Rec more, but it's one of yes. those shows that you still you can watch a few episodes really easily, no problem. Mm-hmm. It's one of those quick, easy things. Like the episodes aren't long; it's like a thirty-minute slot kind of thing, so you kind of get through episodes really quickly. I found that even though it's been like a while since I've seen one of the Office episodes, I finished the series and I kind of haven't touched it since. But I thought this episode was a little bit different from what I remember. I don't remember it feeling so soap opera-y mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, soap operas have that thing where they're like, have like a two minute scene and then it's completely on the other side of town. <laughs> Rebecca is chatting with this person. It's just like you jump completely to another part of the timeline. Um, and it just felt like that where I was like, we were jumping back and forth. Like they were, we were at the party and then, you know, they go to the conference room and they're having a little scene there and then they jump back and, Kevin's using the foot bath and we jump here and so-and-so's, ha- you know, it just felt very choppy mm-hmm. when I don't feel like the office is normally that choppy, seeing as they're all in one room most of the time. So I thought that was a little unique episode and I thought that that added some flavor to it that was a little bit different. I don't know if you found anything odd with the way that it was presented or anything. Uh, no, but just one thing I wanted to comment on when you were mentioning how the, the British version, you know, it, it was different or whatever. I think that it's it's kind of similar to what we were talking about with Corner Gas, that there's a very distinct style that works no matter where you are in the world. And, you know, uh, I can say that, like, I can get American humor because half of our TV shows here in Canada are American shows and half of them are Canadian shows. Um, but, you know, for you, having never seen something like Corner Gas, there's, like, a Canadian style of comedy that would take a while to adapt to. And it's very similar to British comedy, but even more so with the British office – because I have a lot of familiarity with like uh, British sitcoms, like classic ones, modern ones, everything. And when I watched the Ricky Gervais version, the original, I was kind of caught off guard by the first episode. I'm like, I don't know if I love this. And it, the reason I think I got through it all was because I had rented, this is back when there were still video stores, I had rented the whole season, which was only, I think, six episodes as a box set. I'm like, okay, well, I'll watch the next one. It seems okay. But very similar to the way you were describing the tone shift in the show, uh, I feel like the American version tried to directly adapt the way the characters were and the the, the spirit of the British show so uh, so specifically that it didn't translate as well. Because even for a British show, Ricky Gervais's humor is very mean spirited, and like his character David Brent, like the Michael Scott character, they're basically the same, but. Ricky Gervais played it in, like, a meaner way. Uh, and I think Michael Scott plays it more in, like, an innocent Mr. Bean-like way, which we'll talk maybe more about in the future. We'll see. Uh, but uh, uh, I've, I even got caught off guard by the British version. It was one of these things, like, it takes a few episodes because even with this show, like you said, it, it, there is a mean-spiritedness to it. And even I say the same thing with Parks and Recreation. We talked about when we covered Parks and Recreation last year how the first two seasons were not that well-received because the characters were perceived as being mean-spirited. I feel like both Parks and Rec and The Office kind of had to get around that 
especially when you're presenting a show on major network TV, you know, NBC, this was like the dying days, but it was like the only show that kept like their must-see Thursdays alive for a while. You really wanted to be as friendly of a show as possible. And this is kind of, I guess, right in the middle here uh, when there are some likable characters, but then there are also other characters was like, you just hate them. And it's funny because I, I know of a few people who talk about The Office. Like, I love The Office, but... I just hate Michael Scott as a person. And maybe they just haven't gotten far enough into the show where they start redeeming him a little bit. Yeah, if you, it's kind of like a, a hurdle. You've got to really get over the first, if you're not into the mean-spirited humor or the kind of insensitive jokes, mm-hmm. like, you could really, like, dislike it. And there are so many, there are times in episodes where I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get through it like get struggling to get through it like there was one christmas episode that was highly rated but i didn't like it at all i actually hated the episode so i didn't want to watch it again so i i switched it and i didn't pick that one i picked this one and so there are times where i'm like oh i don't really like that or oh that's weird and oh okay i can see why people don't like this about it especially early on the later you get the more people are like oh this is bad i don't like it not oh this is offensive i don't like Mm -hmm. it or, oh, this is mean, I don't like it. It's more of a, ooh, maybe it's bad quality now kind of thing. But this episode I thought was, I think this episode's great. I'm so, I forgot how good this episode was. Uh, I didn't remember too much about the episode. All I remember was the 15 bottles of vodka. That's the only <laughs> uh, clear memory I had of this episode. But uh, let's just kind of dive into the first part of it. So... I just completely blanked. How did it start? Bringing in the tree. <laughs> the tree. Okay, I cannot remember. <laughs> I, was, I was like, uh, didn't start with the vodka. Um, so yeah, they, Michael and Dwight are bringing in the tree, and <laughs> it's obviously way too tall for the room they're in. So they're trying to drag it in, and they're trying to break, and they stand it up, and it like crashes through all the acoustic panels they have on the ceiling. And it looks so stupid. It's the opposite of, like, the Charlie Brown effect. You get this huge tree instead of this tiny shrimp tree. Uh, and they're trying to... And they get Kevin later on to cut it. And it's just a mess. I mean, obviously, you're seeing the formations of who the characters are. You see Michael's kind of extra personality coming out and everything. And Dwight's obedience toward Michael and everything. Yeah, this is the episode centered around the Secret Santa, which is the whole kind of plot of the episode, where they pull out a name of the hat and guess get a small twenty dollar gift for one of their employee or their not employees, their coworkers. So here we get um, Jim Halpert, uh, aka uh, every time you see uh, John Krasinski <laughs> everywhere, you think of this guy. Getting his gift for Pam, the receptionist. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are. Can I spoil? Oh no, I know. I would. I know they get married. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so obviously, future wife. Um, and you can obviously see the, a lot of this sort of uh, relationship hinting going on here. Like a, you know, eventually there'll something may happen between them, or you know, it's a will they, won't they, for forever. Um, we find out that he gets her a teapot full of a whole bunch of knickknacks. Um, we find out that other people, Kevin gets himself. We find out that Oscar gets Creed, who has no idea who Creed is. Um, and so there's a whole bunch of this kind of 
gift ex- kind of scenes that happen throughout the episode about you know who's got who and what they're getting them. Uh, what are your interpretations of some of the characters and some of these like very clear confessionals and how it breaks up like that? Well, funny you should ask, um, because oh, I th- no, I think this is the big difference with the why I love the like the British series ran for two seasons and like two seasons of six episodes and I think they had one or two specials after that. So we're looking at like you know thirteen, fourteen episodes tops. Um, that's like half of a season. So obviously, there's more time with the American one where you could get these little side characters. Uh, the funny thing is, I think one of the reasons why I've never been as big of a fan of the show is because of the characters they directly adapted, specifically Jim and Pam, just pale in comparison to the original ones on the British series. Uh, like I felt like the the the, the two on the the Jim and Pam characters from the British series were so much stronger. And I think that love story that developed between them was so much better on the British one that when I watch this, and the same thing with Dwight, I feel like the, the British one of Dwight's a lot more subtle than Dwight. I can't remember what the character's name is off the top of my head. It's been a couple of years since I watched it, but the British Dwight is so much more subtle. And I don't feel he gets old, whereas I think Rain Wilson tends to sometimes be like, oh, less is more. So the characters they directly adapt, the main ones, I don't like as much. But where the American series really works, I think, is with these side characters. So that's one of the things I liked in this is that there's probably just as many confessionals, other than, like, Michael getting a lot because he has the Christmas bonus thing. Um, you get just as much of characters like Oscar and Angela as you do of Jim and Pam. And this is where the American series, I think, started to develop more past this point is they gave more time to these side characters that there's just no time for in the British series. And these were more original creations as well because you didn't have... So the whole format of the fake documentary thing, again, that came straight from the British series, but it actually allowed... It It, it, it worked better. It, it's the only thing that really in adapting it that worked better and more in favor for the American version because it gave them the opportunity to give like these little lines and, and develop these fun characters out of people who are just background characters if they were on the British series. Uh, that's good to know, as I did not know that. Um, but yeah, we have so many, there's so many people, like, I kind of forget sometimes how many characters are in this office. Especially in this episode, changed. like, everybody's in this one. Yeah, everyone gets a, a little bit of a spotlight in this one, even characters that are, I mean, most, some of the characters you mentioned, you know, like, Creed is, hard, is like, in the, all the episodes, he's in every season, it's just really, like, under, like, not as important as some of the others. So you don't really see too much as, of him as versus, you know, Michael and Jim and Pam, etc. Mm-hmm. But like this episode, I feel like everyone had a pretty decent spotlight. And even some of the minor characters like, you know, uh, Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration that we see later. who He's not in the show that often, but he had like a decent role in this one. Like, you know, he was a part of it and everything. So I feel like this episode did a really good job of showing the characters, getting a sense of who they are. It's a good like character study episode, I would say. Because you really see everyone's inner workings and who they are and their personality quirks and everything. Which kind of is a good segue into the one of the ep scenes where they're doing the party planning committee um, with all the women and Ryan, who Michael insisted be a part of it. Uh, where they're talking about the whole thing. This is where you really see Angela's attitude come out about her really running everything and Phyllis buying the small lights, which ended up <laughs> being so tiny on this huge tree. And, you know, there's that scene where Phyllis is like, 
do you think I should have gotten the big ones? And Angela's like, we'll see. <laughs> Just the attitudes. And then Michael comes in and's like, I want, and then here we have all of these. We're getting all these supplies. And he's like, double it, double it. More everything, more fun, more this. And we find out it's because he had to fire someone. And he has a Christmas bonus, so he's going to spend more money so that he erases his guilt of firing someone. Who, we have no idea. This is like an out-of-episode uh, thing. Like, whoever whoever he name-dropped is who he fired was never in the show. I was going to ask that, because he says Devin, and he talks about he fired him. And I, because I don't think I've ever watched the season all the way through, I'm like, is this something from earlier in the year? Was there a character named Devin in a big episode? Yeah, I don't think this is anything. I'm going to look it up, but I genuinely don't think this is I don't know I don't think this is a character I don't remember him like anyway I don't know but this Devin is gone they're fired uh, and he gets a Christmas bonus of like 3,000 bucks and puts so much effort into spending it away in the office that he ends up buying an iPod which is worth $400 on the $20 budget that the, anyway, I'm jumping ahead, but we really see a lot of the character development here with the, you know, the party planning committee and Michael saying, get wild, get crazy. I want to see people making out. Uh, and then he's got his obsession with the camera and taking all the photos. And then kind of the gift exchange happens. I don't want to, I guess we'll get into that after you mm-hmm. talk about anything you wanted to talk about in this first part. Uh, I think this episode, like I said, one of the great things is that all these side characters, and it's funny because I never quite put together um, why I haven't been as big of a fan of the show. Because I know people are, there's people who are absolutely obsessed with the show, and I always kind of say the same thing. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's good. The British version's better. Um, I I can't really get into really binge watching The Office. I always say I prefer Parks and Rec over this. Like. It's not even a question. I have seen every episode of Parks and Rec. If it's on TV, I'll watch it every time. Um, I will binge watch Parks and Rec. I don't really ever get that with this. And it wasn't until I watched this that I realized kind of what I was saying, that the, the main characters I just don't care for as much. I'm not saying there's anything bad about them, but I like these side characters so much more, and that's what does work in this episode, is getting to see so much of Toby and Creed and... Phyllis and everybody, like everybody has just much chance to shine in this episode. Uh, I am going to say this. I could, people are, people are probably, I don't know if people are going to hate me. Maybe you could tell me as like an office fan or somebody who knows office fans more, but like, are people super attached to Pam and Jim as a couple? Yes. Okay. Cause I could not care less about them. And um, this isn't a knock on the actors. I think the actors are okay. I just, I find the characters, together just before maybe it's because they waited longer like uh in the british series it's you know two years and here i don't know how long it took before they started dating um i remember this just showing my indifference towards them as a couple i remember probably the last point where i was actually watching the show regularly which which was the series uh or the season where jim leaves and works somewhere else and he's working with rashida jones I think that was the season after this. I think it was season three, maybe. Okay, so I remember that. And I remember thinking, like, he should totally go for this girl instead. Like, she's so much cooler than Pam. So You just like Rashida Jones, I do. and she was on Parks and Rec. Yeah, so. and, and but I honestly, I think, because I saw that even before I ever saw Parks and Rec, I'm like, it's, I don't know, I, just, I could not care less about Jim and Pam. And no knock on the actors. I mean, I think the actress that plays Pam, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. She's okay, but 
it's something again in comparison to as a fan of the British series. I just feel like the actress on the British series, she was funnier, and you got the subtlety with her more. Was with Pam, it never really plays like she gets that Jim's into her, and it never really plays necessarily that she's that into Jim. It's 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 too understated, and I think you totally got the flirtation more in the British series, uh, but. Yeah, I just I couldn't care less about Jim and Pam. And th- th- when I heard like they got married or whatever, I'm like, oh, I'm not even going to bother to watch this. I could care less. They're the most overrated couple in the history of oh, television. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> no, get out. Mr. Get Bean out. and his girlfriend. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, <laughs> better You're couple. You're a liar. Uh, and I, I, I'm especially not going to say anything bad about John Krasinski because uh, you know we talked about this when we did a Quiet Place earlier this year. Like I think he's great. Uh, I think he's good on this show. I, he's not Martin Freeman, who obviously Martin Freeman, who played this character on the British series. I mean, he's a whole other level of successful. I mean, he started the Hobbit movies now and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Sherlock. So obviously he has a lot more experience, but especially this, I feel like this is the year of John Krasinski because he had a quiet place. He had Jack Ryan, which came out earlier this year, which I love Jack Ryan. So as much as I don't care about Jim and Pam, Anytime John Krasinski's on screen, I'm like, I just love this guy. Like, he's good in everything. So I can't say anything bad about him. Um, a couple of things just to comment on the, the uh, in the early part of this episode that were really funny. Just the blank expressions. And I think this is what I always visualize with this show and the British one. Is just every time something crazy is going on, nobody responds to it. It's just, it's complete deadpan. It's not like they're looking and they look disgusted at Michael because he's got this massive tree in there. They're not looking and they're laughing. It's just sort of like nobody cares at all. Like this entire office is just people without souls. They're just, their souls have been stripped from them. Uh, another thing I could care less about and another one of the reasons why I think I, I don't get as into the show is the overuse of this line. Why did you get it so big? That's what she said. If I never have to hear that's what she said ever again, I will die a happy man. Like this is the most overplayed joke as much as I hate Jim and Pam, I'm not even going to say hate, just overrated. Uh, that's overrated. That's what she said is so over. I'm just done with it. Um, please don't make any jokes like that on this episode. I do like Michael just stumbling over when they, when, uh, uh, who's the guy? Kevin, when Kevin cuts the top off the tree, he goes, what are we going to do with the other half of the tree? He goes, well, we're going to sell it to charity. <laughs> he actually says sell it to charity. Uh, and, uh, the, the the Santa thing too like you talked about where sometimes Michael says something like I don't know how I feel about that joke sometimes he says something that's extremely offensive and you're like I could see the humor in that because they're not going the other way to say it and when he's dressed as Santa and Craig Robinson I don't remember Craig Robinson's character's name well, who is he? Uh, Daryl. Daryl. Okay so Daryl Craig Robinson comes in and he's like well I, I should dress as Santa and he goes no you can't dress as Santa and he's like why? He's like, well you look nothing <laughs> like Santa. You know what he's getting at is you're black Santa's not black and that's the, but it's the fact that he doesn't say that, but you're like, it's so insensitive, but nobody's going to call him on it. That's what's funny about that line. And that's, I think, where, like you said, sometimes the show, you're like, ooh, maybe they went too far with this. And sometimes you're like, no, that's just the right bit of offensive. Um, and then Dwight's like, can I be the elf? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, that is appropriate. Cause you have elf-like features. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, all the little things that happen here, this, I kind of, I didn't really get what you said originally. We said, like, uh, they're just sort of jumping back, the soap opera, like jumping back and forth. But I get that because you have the little side party planning meeting, which, which, by the way, the character that took me the longest to get in this entire show is Angela. 
hated her for I don't know how many years. If I'm going to pick a favorite character on this entire series now, I'm going to pick Angela. She is so snotty in the most awesome way. And I have wor- I think the reason why I didn't like it is because I've, I think everybody's worked with or known an Angela. No matter what office you're in, there is an Angela. And it, guaranteed, of all the office characters that you see, and all of these characters are based on real type of people you would find in a real office place, uh, this is the most unpleasant to be around, an Angela-like character. And it took me years, but now I'm like, she's my favorite character. Every time she's on screen, if she got her own spinoff, I would watch the Angela spinoff. That's 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 all I got to say. Like, more Angela on this show. Yeah, she's great. She's one of my favorites as well. Uh, so, just, I guess, we'll get into the heart of the episode, which is the gift uh, giving <laughs> slash uh, oh, squip, Yankee swap, <laughs> uh, white elephant, or whatever they call it in whatever part of the world you're in. Uh so they start ex- giving the gifts that they got for Secret Santa. You know, they, you know, Pam gets the teapot, and uh, you know, Ryan eventually will get the iPod from Michael. And then it turns into when Michael opens his gift from Phyllis, which is the oven mitt, he storms out and is mad that he got a cheap gift. He's like, "Really, Phyllis?" And I just love his expression. Really, Phyllis? An oven mitt? She goes, "I knitted it for you myself." <laughs> and he still just storms out of the room. <laughs> And then they, they try to continue, but Dwight's like, we cannot continue unless he's here. <laughs> and then he comes back with the idea of viewing a Yankee swap where you get to pick a gift or get one of the new ones. And so that everyone's upset because they bought gifts specifically for someone. And they start doing gift exchange, you know. Ryan will pick up a gift and it'll be Kelly's nameplate for her desk. And Stanley goes, that was for Kelly. And he's like, I figured. (laughs) And then they're starting to take the iPod and the teapot gets passed around several times. And, you know, Jim's like, I bought that for Pam. And then we get a little side secret scene. Jeez. Scene later where Dwight eventually ends up with it. And he said, I'm going to use it to clear my sinuses. (laughs) And just like great stuff like that. And then, then we see what you know, Angela gets as a gift, which would be the poster of the the babies as adults, um, and a whole bunch of other gift exchanges. Like this was just insane. I and then eventually it kind of culminates with Michael subtly letting go that he received a three thousand plus dollar Christmas bonus for letting someone go, and and then the whole kind of place erupts. Um, Kind of what were your takes on some of this? Well, my first take is um, I've only received a Christmas bonus once in my life. I'm sad to say. Uh, have you ever received yesterday? a Christmas bonus? No, it wasn't yesterday. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, have you ever received one? No. Okay, so um, I, there are places I've worked that have done Christmas bonuses, and they decided to stop doing Christmas bonuses the year I started working there. It's happened more oh. than once. <laughs> oh, no. Is it me? <laughs> I don't know. But... Um, uh, it wasn't a place I worked at full time, but uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I was well technically working three jobs because I had my own business uh, that I was doing maybe fifty percent of the time. I had another side job that I was doing, you know, uh, like sixteen hours a week or whatever. And then before Christmas, obviously courier companies and uh, like package deliveries and like UPS. This was another one called Purelate or whatever, but uh, they hire seasonal help and. 
I went and I worked there basically like, you know, four hours a day, Monday to Friday. And uh, it was only from like mid-November to New Year's. And I worked there for six weeks and they still work in a Christmas bonus for everybody based on how many hours you work. So the last check I'm looking at, I'm like, hey, I got a Christmas bonus of $12. <laughs> it was the most exciting day of my life working there <laughs> not my life but working day ever because <laughs> of, yeah. <laughs> christmas bonus at twelve dollars casper being born <laughs> wedding then watching die hard for the first time uh but it was like so exciting i'm like twelve dollar christmas just because it was the only christmas bonus i ever got so i could ex- understand why michael's excited here but if i were these other people i mean it's supposed to be a dead-end job where nobody really wants to be there so i, I get that being the conflict in the episode I could have done without that just because it didn't go anywhere. I mean, it is like you, maybe this is kind of an ongoing thing. I, we don't know if this was in an earlier episode. It would make more sense if it was. Uh, but just watching this as a standalone episode, this whole Christmas bonus thing, I, I don't feel like it helped the episode. I like the idea better that Michael just wants to impress everybody or impress, show how big he is so he buys an iPod, whether he has a Christmas bonus or not. But I would get them doing this as a softening his character, saying, well, I feel guilty because I have to fire somebody. Um, just when he opens it, though, when Ryan opens it, which, by the way, Ryan, what's your take on Ryan? I really have a weird soft spot for Ryan. I know we're supposed to dislike him because he's, he's just an asshole, but I, I really kind of do like Ryan. I was just going to say, uh, one of the few characters, because... I would say only like the main characters are directly adapted from the British series. His character is directly adapted from the British series. Probably the one they actually do better uh, in the American version. I, I don't think he's the best character on the show, but I'm with you. I, I think that he's a great character despite being a jerk uh, and insensitive and everything else. But yeah, when, when he gets the iPod, he goes, uh, wasn't there like a $20 limit? He goes, well, uh, these are like $400. He goes, well, you don't know that I spent that. You left the $400 price tag on there. <laughs> uh and then, yeah, all the, the gift exchange is just fun. Like, it's kind of like when we were talking about the Parks and Rec or even the Home Improvement Halloween episodes. Part of the fun of this episode is just seeing what people got. Just like watching Home Improvement or Parks and Rec. What's their Halloween costume going to be? It's a background thing, but like the, the, the teapot. And then when they start exchanging, it's great that Michael introduces this because he stormed out because he got an oven mitt and he wanted something good. <laughs> and he keeps pitching this to other people saying oven mitt oven mitt you can swap oven mitt and nobody wants to take it like why would he introduce this obviously he wasn't thinking but yeah of course what you think is going to happen nobody's going to take the oven mitt and every time a person has a choice to swap a gift they're going to say i want the ipod i want the ipod um so yeah this this thing is great one of my favorite things that here though is uh just the throwaway insensitive lines like Dwight's paintball thing, which comes with two paintball lessons with a paintball master or whatever. And um, when Michael eventually gets this and uh, it's a throwaway line because Dwight in his mind still thinks other people are like, well, I get this is kind of just a cheesy present or Phyllis is told right away, you know, what a crappy gift. But she's like, well, this is great. Dwight in his head is like, whoever gets that paintball is the luckiest person in the room. And then, when Michael's like, why is everybody else upset? I'm the one who ended up with Dwight's stupid paintball pellets. <laughs> and then, of course, we get the great line that said at the beginning, well, happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry your party's so lame. Um, this this whole scene here really is the appeal of the episode. I don't feel like the next sequence we're going to get to is as good as this. 
uh, it's still, there's still some good stuff to come, but like, this is the heart of the episode. I don't know if this is considered like an all time great episode or like one of the great Christmas specials, but a couple of years from now, if I'm looking back on this episode, I'm going to be remembering the, the, what do they call it here? Uh, present swap. What is it? Yankee swap. Yankee swap. Yeah. I'll be remembering Yankee swap and I'll probably want to play it at some point in the future. Yeah. It, it had a lot of stuff. There's so many, this kind of a thing that it's, it's a long scene and there's so many things to look at um, and, you know, here and everything. There's so much going on. I, I love the bit when Pam is like, has an option for a gift and she's like, I'll take the iPod. Yeah. And Jim's like, oh, what about the teapot? She's like, it's an iPod. It's an iPod. <laughs> like, he's so offended that she didn't take the gift that he made for her. Like, just so many of those fun scenes and like, when Angela gets to pick a gift and she's like, and Michael's like throwing the glove in her face and she's like, I'll take the poster. <laughs> like, and then when someone finally does pick the oven, he's like, sucker. <laughs> yeah, I think he goes on his reverse psychology, right? Yeah, reverse like, psychology is the process of convincing somebody that something is a good idea so that they'll do something stupid. <laughs> like he invented the word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then obviously we le- learned the Christmas bonus. I would say that... um your assessment of Michael as a character is 100% right about being the people pleaser. Mm-hmm. His character is built on wanting to be liked. He will avoid doing work as much as he can in order to curry favor with other people. He wants to be liked as much as he can. And I think that the Christmas bonus is just kind of the, uh, I don't know, like the delivery in this episode. It gives his uh, character a little bit more purpose because he's doing something. Um, that is 100% his character. He would still feel guilty even if he didn't get a bonus. He would still feel guilty if he didn't have to fire someone. So it's all kind of weaved into one character identity. Um, and then, you know, after the party gets canceled, he goes off to buy alcohol to make everyone happy. <laughs> and he gets at the counter. And he's like, is this enough people to get 20 people plastered? And the guy's like, hmm, 15? Yeah, I think you'll be okay. And it's like 200 bucks of alcohol. It's just ridiculous. I, this, that's probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode. Just him buying the drinks at the, at the liquor store. It's just great. Um, and then we find out, you know, some of the scenes that go on afterwards of people trying to haggle for their gifts back here. Jim tries to get the, uh, the pot back from Dwight, who's going to be using it to clear his sinuses. <laughs> Um, you know, we we also get introduced to Pam's current boyfriend, which you may not have picked up on. Of mm-hmm. uh, oh, I was maybe going to get you an iPod or or not, uh, but it saves me the money. <laughs> and, he, and she's like, "What are you going to get me then? A sweater, maybe?" It's just like you see the characters, and obviously you get the sense that she's unhappy with her current, you know, relationship status because later on they'll be in the conference room and they're talking and um, Pam is just looking at the Christmas or not the, the teapot and just not disinterested in the conversation that her boyfriend's having with someone. And I still can't get over the fact you don't like it. I think that the Jim and Pam stuff really builds. I think that's what makes it great. I guess there's a better girl out there for Jim. No, they're not. It's not. (laughs) You're a liar. You're a liar, you're a liar. You just like Rashida Jones too much. 
You're a liar. I think that there are better episodes. I think that it builds better than this. Um, and then I guess just before the actual party starts, we get introduced to um, Phyllis's boyfriend, who will become husband, I guess, at some point. But Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. And they go to that scene where he introduces to three people, and he says his whole thing. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. But the best way that it ends is when um, Ryan just goes to him and says, so what do you do for work? And I just thought that was great. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even catch that. Oh, it's such a good scene. It's like a deadpan response, and mm. he's just like, so what do you do for work, Bob? <laughs> it's just so like cut and dry. It was just such a great way to end it. Like... I thought it was perfect. Um, I guess I'll throw the baton to you before we get to the true party parts. Um, just one other thing I wanted to add on here with the the background characters and everything is how great Toby is as a character. Because uh, I know <laughs> he ends up being more of like the foil for Michael as he's the, he's the HR guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he's the foil for Michael. You know, he, who, the guy that Michael actually genuinely hates or whatever. Uh, so many great underrated characters. Uh, Phyllis probably is the one that uh, evolves into becoming a star of the show more than everybody else. Um, and, and I just love her delivery too. And it's the delivery of everybody. I, I kind of mentioned how uh, the expressions, the lifeless expressions of people as crazy stuff's happening, like nobody ever responds. Just the way that everybody in the show nails not wanting to be there, which again came straight from the British version. I mean, even just the way that the the credits are, it, nothing looks fun about this place. This isn't a fun office in any way. And I don't think any character nails that more than Phyllis. Like, she seems like such a nice person who just hates everything about her life, but is too nice to say anything about it, you know? Um, but uh, one of the characters I just wanted to get your take on, because I'm just sort of curious with all these side characters as to, is my opinion the right one or the wrong one? But, like, what's your take on Kelly as a character? Uh, she can be a bit annoying sometimes, but she's so fun. Like, I don't think this episode was the best. Um, she really has nothing in this. Yeah, she's she was probably one of the most kind of ice left out characters in this scene, uh, I, I, in this episode. But she's great. I think she's great. I personally, I just feel like this is one of these examples of the actor became so famous, maybe for other stuff, uh, like her writing and her well, her, her other TV show. What's her other show called? Uh, the Mindy Show? The Mindy I don't know. Show, yeah. That maybe her popularity as a person, as, as an actual performer or, or personality, has eclipsed the character where people are like, well, oh, she's such a great character. But I honestly, she's another character I just couldn't care less about. And I have worked with, I mean, I'm sure that's the, one of the other characters. Like, I've worked with tons of Kellys, and I don't find them as annoying as Angela's. Uh, but I also just don't find anything as entertaining to watch about her on this show. Uh, I do get why she's such a big star outside of the office. I just don't think that she really contributes a lot to this show, but maybe it's something where she developed in later seasons. But uh, here couldn't really care less. Um, the thing with the, uh, the, the, the boyfriend saying, Oh, I was thinking about getting you an iPod. Uh, th- so this hasn't happened, but another thing with Jamie uh, kind of a swap on this is Jamie tends to um, I, I'm not in no way is this me saying to put her down she would admit the same thing but she tends to not really value presence the way other people are um, she will often just buy herself whatever she wants and I can remember one year for her birthday uh, there was like uh, some video game that she really wanted uh, like for the 3ds and she, 
or I went out and I got her this game, and I'm like, oh, th- this cost me like fifty dollars or whatever. You know, she she really is gonna like this game, and I gave it to her, and she's like, oh, I bought this for myself two weeks ago. I'm like, why would you buy yourself something like two weeks? A, why would you buy yourself something for two weeks before your birthday? Because I kind of have this rule for myself where. I'll buy myself nothing for like a month and a half before Christmas because I don't want to run the risk that somebody's going to buy something that I just picked up myself. She's like, well, I thought it looked like a good game. So it's like, you got a good present. I'm like, no, you just bought it for yourself. You wasted my time. Um, and, which then evolved into a conversation. I was like, doesn't it, like, wouldn't you rather get something as a gift than to actually buy it yourself, she goes, it honestly doesn't matter to me. <laughs> so uh, Jamie's kind of like the the receiving end of this boyfriend. Because this boyfriend's like, I was going to get you an iPod, which is $400. Is oh, Okay, well, what do you get me get me now? And it's like, well, probably a sweater or something. So he just dropped from something that would cost $400 to something that cost $20. Because the idea of giving the gift means nothing to this guy. He's like, hey, somebody else bought the iPod. Now I can get you something cheap. Um, not exactly the same as Jamie, but Jamie's kind of the receiving end of this. Which I just think it's hilarious. She she has openly admitted. She now is like, well, I kind of get your point. She's but she's openly admitted. She's like, if I go out and buy something for myself or somebody buys it for me as a gift, I don't care. <laughs> it's like as long as I get what I want. <laughs> um, I don't think. Yeah, I don't have, really have any other notes here other than the party itself. Uh, uh, am I missing anything here? Yeah, the, the thing with the nose was a little bit funny because I think. Dwight's character tends to come across as so serious sometimes uh, that he's he couldn't be viewed as a fun character. So when he does something kind of goofy like this, like shove a teapot up his nose, that's when I like the character can surprise you a little bit, and he's not just this stiff uh, suck-up to the boss. Um, okay. Um, I will say about Kelly, I think that there's a lot... She gets a lot better some, in some episodes. I think that she's... One of the funniest things about Kelly is that they're talking to her about some, something. There, She was in the comments room having a, a meeting with someone, and she's like, I have to manage my own department. It's very difficult. And then they're just like, but isn't your department just you? She's <laughs> like, I'm a lot to manage. And so, like, just stuff like that I think is really great about Kelly. She's just totally, like, very you know, all about media and culture and she's all about herself and stuff like that. So I think she does get a lot better. This episode isn't a great flavor for her. Mm. Um, but apparently you don't like any character in the show except Angela. Um, no, I said, I like Ryan. I, I, I like Michael. Um, I like Creed. I like Phyllis. I love Kevin. Uh, all right. So I guess Toby. we'll get to the party. What? Toby. Yeah, but you don't like the better characters. Yeah, the boring ones. You're lame. <laughs> uh, so at the party, Michael brings back 20 bottles of vodka. Um, he hopes to catch people making out in the hallway they weren't. He just starts doing shots with everyone. They're dancing. Uh, we see the thing where Phyllis... Not Phyllis. <laughs> Pam finally uh, gets the teapot back from Dwight because she exchanged it. And we learn kind of what Jim actually did. Um, and this is actually a really good episode. I didn't actually think about it, but the teapot is actually comes back a lot later in the uh, series after they're married. Because you see that Jim takes away the uh, the letter that was with it. Yeah, that was confusing to me here. But it comes back a lot later because he's, originally in the episode he said, you know, Christmas is the time for expressing your feelings because they weren't together at this point. 
and then he takes it away and then he eventually gives it to her again later after they're in a relationship. Um, so it's actually really, that's actually a cool Easter egg for the end of it. Um, we also see Kevin using full use of his gift as he's giving himself a bump bath <laughs> in the office. Uh, Daryl finally gets the, uh, the Christmas hat because Michael's feeling in the Christmas spirit now. Uh, I guess he looks like Santa now. Kevin photo- photocopies his butt on the <sighs> coffee machine and posts it around the office. Kelly makes out with Dwight. And then Angela, as a result, breaks all the Christmas ornaments that she has and, and goes outside to break it up. And then they kind of start leaving the office one by one um, to go to some bar or restaurant or something for food. And then it ends with Meredith going into Michael's office and thanking him for the party, and she just takes her clothes off. He takes a photo and walks out. <laughs> and that's the episode. Uh, not the best kind of de-escalation of the episode considering the most of the bulk of the episodes at the beginning but quite a lot to get through at the end Um, what did you think of the ending I guess well I actually even though there's only a few things happening here I have quite a bit to talk about here because this is what my problem was with the episode Uh, and it's kind of something where I just think it would have been funnier the other way Um, having not seen this before when Michael started talking about this Christmas party, saying like people making out in closets and people getting drunk and photocopying, them, he's basically describing all the things you would see in a movie, which is probably completely over exaggerated. And if office Christmas parties were ever like that at any point in history, it was probably like decades ago. And it, it, it just reminded me there was um, a friend I had years ago. And this is just before my brother got married and we we're sort of planning his bachelor party, which the bachelor party was just, let's go out, let's eat a bunch of junky food and then let's play Nintendo Wii boxing. <laughs> and that's from what I've seen. Most bachelor parties are things like that. I had one friend where his bachelor party was just, let's go play paintball, you know? Uh, and yet the perception of that you see in movies is a bachelor party is something like the hangover. It's, it's going to Vegas and strippers and all this stuff that never really happens in everyday life, but it's the movie version of what happens. And I got such a huge kick out of Michael talking about what this Christmas party was going to be. And even open the doors, the, the part where he opens a door is like anybody making out in here. And he's snapping a picture and there's nobody in there. Like he's waiting for these crazy antics that you would only see in movies to happen. And I thought that was so funny, the idea that he would be like that guy I worked with who thought that a bachelor party was strippers and all that because he had never been to a bachelor party and realized it's just guys hanging out or whatever. Um, I like that idea so much better. The, the fact that this ends with it actually evolving into a crazy party without it being over top enough to be funny. Like, yeah, Kevin's photocopying his butt. It's kind of a funny gag, but I think it would have been funnier if Michael just spent the whole time wandering around waiting for this crazy stuff to happen and this is the world's lamest christmas party you know which would be realistic for the show it's kind of just what i would relate to the americanization of the show and not to take it as an insult for american tv but american tv is more well you need to have a happy ending and we even talked about like on the parks and rec and with this that there's a need to soften the characters and to make them more likable and that's just the way I sort of felt this ending was like they, they needed to end on some type of happy note where people were enjoying themselves. And I just think it would have been funnier without them enjoying themselves. 
Um, I think one of the funniest parts of this whole episode was Angela going outside and trying to break the ornaments, and like none of them are breaking. <laughs> They're just bouncing all over the place. Uh, I thought that was great. And if this had just ended, I, I feel like you still could have ended on a happy note if you had the whole thing with Pam saying, "Well, I really got this teapot." Oh, and here's the, th-. and that's the end of the episode. Maybe even, and it, it probably even funnier would have been if Meredith wanders in, and that's literally the only crazy thing that happens in this whole party. It's just the decision to have all this other crazy stuff happen over the course of the last two minutes of the episode didn't feel like it was as funny as it could have been if nothing happened, and then the only crazy thing that happens is this one nuts woman, alcoholic, wandering in there and flashing her boss for the last minute before Christmas, and he still takes the picture. Like, that was that was a hilarious moment. He just takes the picture. It's just, it would have been funnier if none of the other crazy stuff happened beforehand. So I think that it's... Uh, I had a defense, but now I forgot it. Um, <laughs> I think that it's... My argument was so good that you forgot your argument. I was just going to say, I think it's a, just the character more than driven-based sort of reaction that you're getting. So you talk about, you know, the cliche party cliches of like, oh, I'm making out in the closet or, uh, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll attitude mm-hmm. about it. But I think that's just a kind of the expression of the characters more so than the, like, craziness or intensity of the scene because I think that everything done was character justified almost. In a weird way, maybe you just don't love the characters. I think that that's probably a bigger issue than what actually happened. Um, nah, I'm right. All right, what a, all right. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> you're gonna get a bonus for that. Yeah, I'm gonna get a Christmas bonus, and you're not. Twelve bucks. <laughs> Best day of my life. Anyway. <laughs> um. I don't know. I think that it's a fun episode. I think that it gets a little looser toward the end, but I really enjoy it. And I think this is one of the better Christmas episodes that we that is out there. Um, I think, you know, some of the later ones get a little weird and not as fun, but this one's really, I think it has fun charm. I think it's relatable. And I also think it's, it's still got that dark edge that, you know, rude humor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we can buy rent or bin it. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, well, first, I'm just going to say, like, I don't go out of my way to watch the show. And it's almost become an annoyance with me when people do talk about, oh, The Office is so great because I didn't get into I, I did feel like the whole Jim and Pam thing was too drawn out and too much of a focus on the show. Um, and being a bigger fan of the British series, there's some things I didn't get with this. But it's, it's not a show I haven't enjoyed. Like I said, I watched this for a couple of years just on and off whenever I got a chance. Uh, this watching this again kind of renewed my interest. Where uh, I remember after I finished this, the way that Netflix works with TV shows, which is unfortunate, is that if, if you just want to watch one episode, it's still going to show up on Continue Watching, and it's like the first thing on there. And normally, if it's something like that, like I remember my nephews came over and on my Netflix account watched Full House, and I hate Full House. <laughs> So for three months afterwards, it kept showing because you watched Full House and it's giving recommendations. It's continue watching season three, episode two, Full House. I'm like, no, why'd you guys do that on mine? Now it looks like I watched this show. <laughs> and when I finished this, I saw, you know, uh, continue watching. And it's like The Office, season two, episode 11. I remember thinking, uh, I'm going to look for the next three months that I'm watching The Office. But I'm like, you know, I'd be interested in watching more episodes of this. So it's given me a little bit of a renewed interest Yay! to check it out some more. Now, having said that, 
I I I will rent this only because this would have been buy worthy if they ended it the way I said, where it still is the lame office Christmas party, and that only that one crazy thing happens in the end. The decision to have all the craziness happen didn't feel right for me, and for that reason only, I'll bump it down to a rent. But still, very solid episode. Yay! I was expecting a bit of in from you, but I'm glad that, you know, don't get that. Um, I think you know what I'm going to do, right? You're going to buy it. No, I'm going to bin it. You're going to bin it. I'm going to buy it. I thought it I think it was great. Uh, all the episodes I have been have recommended are absolutely amazing, and all the ones you sh- have suggested are shit. Um, Maybe that'll change so next even, week. I don't even want to know what you're going to suggest next week. Well, we are two weeks deep into our Christmas watch now. We've done Rudolph. If there's a, a Lost in Space Christmas, count me out. <laughs> there is a Lost in Space Christmas. I should have picked... Now that you said that, I'm like, why did uh, I say it for Christmas? Um, no, but... Uh, <laughs> We did Rudolph, by the way. I want to remind you, that was just last week, believe it or not. Oh, seems like ages ago. <laughs> but um, we did Rudolph. We did The Office. Um, we're going to move on to one of the all-time great shows that only lasted 15 episodes, technically, even though the show was on the air for five, six years. We're going to watch Mr. Bean, uh, the seventh episode of the series, Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean, which is a uh, Christmas staple not just for me, but for pretty much everybody in Canada, everywhere in England, everywhere in other countries. Um, but a show that's not necessarily as well known in some countries like America, um, where I'm guessing Rowan Atkinson may be just as famous for being the gift wrapping guy in Love Actually uh, as he is as Mr. Bean. But uh, this is the ultimate choice. And I, I debated between several different Christmas things for what my second pick would be. And this one was like, oh, I got, as soon as it came to mind, I'm like, I got to do Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean. I'm a little curious to see what you've got me into. Will I hate it as much as Lost in Space? No, not a okay. chance. All right. Well, I guess we'll see what happens on that episode. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a great thrill. If there are talking plants, I'm out. Are there talking plants? No talking plants. Oh. All right, so it'll automatically be at least a rent. Um, but that will do it for us. Uh, stay tuned to more Christmas goodness to come. Uh, other things, too. What movie are you covering next? Um, We are covering Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas. Okay, not what I expected. Um <laughs> But stay tuned for that and other great stuff here. I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff here. I don't know. I don't listen to half of it, but <laughs> there's great stuff here. Uh, so that's it. I'm Rossi and... Um... <laughs> that's I just have one. deadpan expression. Yeah, I'm looking at the camera. <laughs> and my name is Colin, and hey, man, I love you this many dollars worth. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.